Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Richard Sevakala, and I'm back with my podcast. Because it's a Sunday, I'm starting with Beethoven's Misa Solemnis, which is going to be my theme music for today. And today I'm going to be talking about customer service. Specifically, is our customer service provision in Uganda, in Africa, really lost? Is it as bad as people say it is? Do we have no hope whatsoever to improve our customer service? I personally think we have hope. We can do quite a lot of things to improve our customer service. But before that, we have to think that it's not possible that in a country with, I don't know, 39, 40 million people, there's nowhere to study this and find a prototype. So I did something a lot of people take for granted. I studied the subject as I went shopping as I walked around town and all sorts of places and I realized the raw material for exceptional customer service already exists in Uganda. And it was staring right at me. Very interesting. And so I'm going to talk about some of these places. One of them is the border border. Believe it or not. But I'm not going to talk about the border border today because of number of reasons specifically because it's quite controversial and the border border jury is still out on how we can improve it it's not quite where we want it but there are other places we've had for a very long time i'll give you an example if you've ever visited Owino, Nakasero, Nakawa, Kaleri markets, Chariwajala all those markets well local markets where we buy our groceries vegetables, fruits and vegetables, you'll find how wonderfully fine-tuned the customer service is. First and foremost, when you visit these places, you're always greeted at the entrance by youth fighting for an opportunity to carry your shopping, to guard your car while you shop. This is especially true in Nakawa. So, the competition for your money starts outside the market. Now, they, they've even figured out young female customers are politely addressed as sister or auntie. And there's obvious deference to age. Even though the traders are savvy enough to acknowledge that you don't want to call somebody grandma because they might be very old unless they're really in their 70s and above. So consequently, Female clients are sister, mommy, auntie, way into their 60s or even 70s, where they can be safely addressed as judge, grandma, without causing offense. Men over 50 are usually called OHTWA, boss, honorable, sebo, muzei. All these are titles 
that do not respect and are ultimately designed to appeal to the customer's ego and emotions to make them feel special and important. Now, once you are drawn into a particular vendor's space, you become customer. And it's usually very brave for a customer to return to the market and buy from someone else when they've established a customer relationship with another. So you realize that the process works. The main point to take out from these titles is that they are customer sensitive and are used to make patrons comfortable with an impending shopping experience as well as establish a long-term business relationship. Now, the titles will almost always follow into the market itself with fruit and vegetable vendors using them, Senga, Auntie, uh, Uncle. And they will also use all sorts of enticements to lure customers. It's unusual for me to go fruit and vegetable shopping when I'm in a rush because I love the small talk. I love the banter and innuendo I'm able to elicit from the salesmen and women. We laugh and gossip over nothing, and I get up all, getting all sorts of discounts, usually in the form of, we call it nyongeza, bonuses on my shopping. It seems to somebody who's used to shopping in a grocery store, you pick things and go, it might look like it's time-wasting, but it works. It's how we establish relationships with our salespeople and the traders. So the process is light-hearted and very Ugandan. Now, the vendors also try to use friendly exchanges to get you to spend more money than you had budgeted, telling you about this extra set of avocados that are looking wonderful, reminding you that you might have forgotten the onions even if you've only gone to buy tomatoes for the day. And thanks to the friendly chit-chat, you end up with a win-win. The customer gets what they want, and the seller gets the money that they're looking for. So these traders also seem to have the mind of a steel trap, wondering about why you have not been to the market for three months. Eh, but don't chai, asking about the child who came with the last time, remarking about how you've changed this car, letting you know that they saw you on television, and so on. So when they ask you about your people back home, their response to good or bad news really comes from the heart. To the extent that they will stop everything and pass on your news to the store owner next to them. And both will offer condolences or celebrate with you, as the case may be. I cannot think of a business environment in Uganda that beats the heart one experiences in our local marketplaces. And it's usually not faked. Even if it is, you find that it is faked for a reason. And that is the reason I'm going to talk about a little today. Now, why does customer service in Owino, Nakawa, Chaliwajala work? And even when we've got our degrees and PhDs, we still shop from these places quite comfortably. One of the reasons why I think it works is that it never happens in silence. The customer service experience in these markets never happens in silence. The sellers do their level best to engage their customers on a personal level 
that it is only the coldest heart which will not reciprocate. In just a matter of seconds, vendors seem to be able to get into their clients' heads and know what to say to them. And this is what really customer relationship management should be about. Mutual human engagement in order for both parties, buyer and seller, to realize satisfaction from the process. Because the vendors have no heirs to protect, they can genuinely put their hearts on their sleeves and be themselves. And I know that we Ugandans are at our best when we are ourselves. And so these market traders are doing what is real to them. Because as I indicated in one of my podcasts on what constitutes customer service in Uganda, we learn it at home. We'll treat people the way we would like to be treated at home. And so the vendors can actually do it without any errors. Now, most of the vendors are their own bosses, meaning that they own the stalls or they've hired these stalls. And so they have a lot to lose. That's very, very important. They have a lot to lose by not selling because they have to pay the rent on their stall. If it belongs to them or if they don't sell, their fruits and vegetables are going to go to waste. So nothing focuses one's mind better than knowing that your success is quite literally in your hands and that you have everything to lose if you do not put in your best effort every day, all day. So because the vendor's very existence depends on selling their products, they don't need uh, to sit in a classroom or attend a retreat in a fancy hotel to appreciate that. Their pro perishable products are looking at them in the face, and that is incentive enough to do whatever it takes to sell. Also, the market fruit and vegetables vendor's competitor is in a store sitting right next across from them or next to them. The rest of the market is watching, and that is another incentive to do well. Because of the proximity, each vendor knows who is doing well and who is not. Market intelligence is gathered simply by observing what is going on across the aisle. So the vendors are selling more or less the same items in a small space. So the only variation that sets them apart has to be service. Such is the cutthroat competition in these markets that the consequence for even a minor service infraction will be the customer buying from the next vendor right across or next to you. So the market vendors really cannot afford mistakes over the main elements that keeps their regular customers coming back. And that is service. So even in, this, in these markets, you realize there's a lot of peer-to-peer -peer learning teaching and collaboration going on. And that explains why there's quite a lot of cordiality, use of flattering names and titles, provocative body language, with customers. In whichever market you visit, it's almost the same, it's almost replicated. So the traders in these markets are not reinventing the wheel. Their customer relations management model was figured out long before I was born. And they all appeal to our emotions, which is what I call the Ugandan way, in order to sell. 
they are being they are how do they do that by being extremely generous with their greetings calling out customers as if they are all as if they are old friends or relatives the emotional blackmail of wailing about terrible prices offering bonuses in kind and so on and also if you've noticed many in many of these local markets the traders can even bring their children to the markets which is a mini additional ammunition first of all it helps the the person at the, at the stall know that the child is safe they can focus on selling and not worry about what the child is going what what is going on at home but there is an emotional part of it too because once you see that you know you have this 10 year old or whatever the baby around you don't really want to haggle the seller out of the money that might feed the child so interestingly enough there is the debates debates are still going on around the world in capital cities and parliaments around the world over how to support working parents in our fruit and vegetable vendor markets this is a no-brainer the parents bring their children especially if they're still young and they're toddlers so it allows them to focus on their work a worker with a peace of mind is a worker with a generous heart so not too that because managing a stall offers the flexibility for children to be involved it creates a perfect environment for coaching and mentoring the children into the art of selling what do we learn from our local market prototype there are a number of things you learn but i will just pick a few if you have a business that you're running make sure that your employees have something to gain from your business other than just the salary they and how do they gain they should be able to establish relationships with their customers and that's not very difficult create an environment where your staff are comfortable talking to your customers without feeling they'll get into trouble number one that is how you gain market intelligence you know what works and what doesn't and number two your your staff then feel that they're important because they are talking to the, your customers and if they're talking to your customers you value them that is number one number two make walking the customer's journey an integral part of your training so that your cust your your staff understand how to read their customers very quickly many times you find that staff without training will get to understand a customer quickly but that usually has come from them but if you train them on how to do it it makes it even easier we customers like to engage but we also like to engage at a level that we don't feel you are um, if you like being too familiar that's very very important 
just we have we have nice conversations we feel you're our friend but we don't feel you are too too easy on with us so there's a fine line so remember this some of these things the other one that i think would really help if you want your people to provide a service that you also love is at the hiring stage don't look too much to book qualifications when you're looking for service stuff look for passion look for potential employees who naturally have a passion for the type of business in which you are engaged look for individuals who show that they naturally take pleasure out of being of service to others consequently training these individuals with attributes that lend themselves to serving others will be much easier if somebody looks sour unfriendly unhappy that should set off an alarm if you are interviewing for job for a job that involves say children or that is that's in a bar yes they might have passed at the top of their class in nursing or teacher training but will they really find it in themselves to be patient and kind to crazy kids so those are some of the things you need to be looking out for most critically look for people who will go out of their way without being pushed to walk that extra mile and that usually comes from within so unless you are good at reading people do not do the hiring because you are going to keep on hiring the wrong people I think I've talked about the work, working the customer's journey. That takes a bit of understanding what the customer has been. And what, what we mean by working the customer's journey is just being able to look at a customer and in three or four seconds figure out what kind of environment they have come from, what, what is likely to get them to buy more than they've come to buy, you know, things like that. It takes a bit of training but most critically it takes a person who wants to do it so which is why i'm always saying that i'm i'm i'm, I'm, I'm amused when i read pamphlets and people are telling us to smile and greet guests we can do all that we need to have a reason to do it so give your staff reasons to do it pay them decently if you say well we don't make enough money this that then figure out how they can make bonuses create a culture that allow you allows your employees to offer bonuses in kind such as extra attention to the clients their the clients children pushing an elderly person's wheelchair all the way to their car running to their kiosk around the corner to buy a customer's airtime small little things like that they endear us to customers and vice versa. Now, when it comes to paying employees, this is what I think needs to happen in Uganda. It's, we are not doing it well, but it needs to happen. It will come from the seller's side to say, let us get a, a, a tipping culture. And let us say, 
if we are if you serve more than six or seven people the tipping is automatic there will be a surcharge 10 percent 12 percent whatever it is that is agreed and then don't just push it out take it a step at a time look and say let's try it on particular days let's um what's what's the word called uh when you let's pilot it on particular days so you pilot it on days maybe that are not very busy and then gauge what it is like when there are big parties that extra money that an employee gets that is not part of the salary is encouraging for them to try and do better so when you say the service wasn't very good how can we improve even i am willing to improve because there is something in it for me and that is what i mean by give them a reason to want to come to work that is not just a salary so there are ways that we do this most importantly just remember seven times out of ten we do not need ugandans to be told about how to provide great service we know it from home but once we get to work then it is your role as the employee to find ways of making us want to return it is not our job as as sorry it's your job as an employer to make us want to return but a lot of people say oh this employee i'm tired of them blah 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 fire them next employee no this employee blah 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 fire them you are going to just keep on having a firing culture without getting to the bottom of the problem so get these your employees to have a reason number one to have a reason to engage with the clients and that way create a climate number one number two give them a reason to feel that they are useful and say thank you give them monetary inducements and allow them to have that free interaction without feeling that it is a mistake then on top of the basic wages which in most african environments are very low offer avenues for frontline employees to earn profit related income money is not the be all end all especially if one loves one's job but it makes a huge difference if one does not have to worry about how one's going to pay one's bills so once you've done that you've paid your what then try to get your employees to give you the market intelligence they are getting from their clients what are we doing well what are our customers saying things like that and as your employees feel that you're asking them seriously to find out exactly what they know they will feel more valued that will give you free market intelligence for your statistics and remember if you don't have statistics about what your customers want you're in trouble because there is a there is an information you don't have you want to be measuring how are we doing what can we improve if you can't measure it the saying goes you don't know it so try to have a system of knowing how well your business is doing measure by measure in the key areas of performance you have agreed for yourselves equally that will help you gauge how well you are doing related to your competition i'm going to end it here because it's getting a little long go away and think what about what i have said happy business sing <laughs>